0: Om Om sahana bhavatu sahano punaktu sahaviryam karavahai tejasvinavati tamastama vid visavahai Om shanti Shanti, Shanti. Welcome everyone. We're on
1: Bhagavad Gita chapter
0: 4, class 65. Yoga of renunciation of action in wisdom. We're on topic 5, all yajniyas culminate
1: in wisdom. We're going to cover verse 34 to 36 today. Any questions before we begin? So all yajnas
0: sacrifices culminate in wisdom. This fifth topic explains how all yajna practices ends into wisdom. And then, as you gain knowledge of the self, the result is that your vasanas are reduced. And as you practice the three yogas karma, bhakti, jnana, you walk on the spiritual path
1: you then attract the guru to teach the knowledge of the self. And as you gain this knowledge from the guru, the result is it destroys your desires. It destroys your agitations. So in today's
0: class, the next few verses discusses the qualifications a
1: student needs to have to attract a guru. If you attract a guru, how do you have to behave? What qualities do you need? And when the
0: knowledge is received by the student, the changes that occur, what happens when you receive the knowledge from the guru? That's what the next few verses is talking about.
1: It's more about you, how you can prepare yourself. Any questions? Okay, we'll get straight into it. Verse 34.
0: That with the prani partena, peri prashnena saveaya, who protects shanty tenyanum, nyanina stut That prani partena, peri Know that by prostration, by questioning, and by service, the wise who have realized the truth will teach you
1: the knowledge. So, can you read the paragraph one, please? The 12th
2: Yajna's sacrifices elaborated in the preceding 10 verses, give the technique of converting all actions into worship and gaining knowledge of the self. This verse specifies the essential qualities required of a student for him to attain spiritual knowledge. It also assures a qualified student that a competent guru will teach him the knowledge.
0: Thank you. So the 12 yagniyas that are covered in the previous verses brings you to this level, where you now attract a guru. You're ready for knowledge.
1: This verse gives us the requirement of what a student is and what a guru is.
0: It says, when a student is ready, qualified, the guru
1: appears before him. Meaning, you call the guru. How do you call the guru? You know, these apps, you know, you order food and they deliver it. Emma? They deliver it to your home.
0: What's it called? Deliver, I've never ordered, so it was delivery. Still so saying is delivery. Was it just eat? Similarly, it says you order a guru.
1: Is there an app for this, Venita? Is there an app for guru? You order a guru, and he appears. A guru that not only has the knowledge, but he also has the
0: capacity to teach it. You need both requirements. A person may have the knowledge, but he may not know how to teach it.
1: He may not have the confidence to be able to convey the message in the right way. Personally, I have never taught anything. I never knew I had the capacity to do so. I came back from the Yashram. The missus pushed me. And here we are. You may not know you are ready.
0: As a student, you may not know you're ready. It's not like you say, you know, I need spiritual knowledge. Let me find a guru.
1: It doesn't work like that. How does it work? Any idea? You don't go looking for a guru. How does it work? Yeah, Shashi? Um, Do you attract it through your
3: thoughts and desires?
1: Yeah, exactly. Something within stirs
0: at the right moment. A vasana may manifest in a certain environment. You don't actively go looking. I know most of you during lockdown came to this class. You, you came across this class during lockdown. You had no idea what to expect. You had no idea what to expect. You're home, bored, doing nothing. What's this Aniket uh, is teaching some Gita knowledge. That's got nothing better to do. Let me uh, log in.
1: He's talking about Gita. Let me take a listen. That's how it all started, wasn't it?
0: When I went, during lockdown, that's how it started. Now, after hundreds of classes, literally, <laughs> look where we are.
1: You all have some degree of knowledge of the self. You didn't go out looking for it. Many other people came,
0: but they're no longer here. You need that Vasna. It stirs something within
1: you. So, when a student is ready, a guru appears. That's what he's saying. So what are the main qualities that a student needs to have in
0: order to receive the spiritual knowledge? Any ideas? What does a student
1: need to have to receive the knowledge? What qualities? Yeah, Shashi. Video and
3: mind minded And
1: open minded, -minded what sorry,
3: ready to learn,
0: ready to learn. So, this verse is saying by
1: prostration, by questioning, and by service. If you have those three qualities, then the truth, yet the
0: wise who have realized the truth will teach you the knowledge, meaning someone will teach you the knowledge of the self when you have those qualities. So, paragraph two.
2: A spiritual student needs to develop three specific qualities, devotion, brani, bada, questioning, brani, prashna, and service, seva. They are fundamental for a student to pursue the spiritual path. The more he attunes himself to them, the more he will assimilate the knowledge imparted by the guru. Devotion is a discipline directed to the mind of the student. The student may examine many potential gurus and thoroughly investigate their character and competence to teach him. He may take his own time to choose a proper guru. Before his selection, Before his selection, his mind vacillates. He worries whether his choice will prove to be right. He remains agitated, but after having selected one, he must totally surrender to his guru. Then alone will this agitation cease. His mind will become calm, his intellect steady. He will be better tuned into receiving and assimilating the knowledge imparted by the Guru. Thank you. See,
0: so you gotta remember, you gotta remember thousands of years ago, villages
1: they would send their child, teenage child to go
0: and find a teacher. Guruko guru. guru. where teacher he would they would stay with him for two or three years and they would be taught life skills knowledge of the self this was normal thousands of years ago so in this case here now everything's changed you don't actually go looking for a guru that was the main education in those days that's what they learned at the guru school. but things are different now so what it, so you have to bear that in mind when we're taking this verse yeah so he says, you take time to select a guru. So the parents might say, hey, do you know a good guru? I can send my uh, child, you know, he's coming to age where he needs to learn these basic facts. Is that, do you know anywhere, anyone? And they might say, oh, this guru, he's taught my child. Maybe he'll take your child, you know? And then you send your child there. So he says, you take your time to select a guru whilst choosing the mind wavers. It's agitated. Have I chosen the right Guru? You could be hundreds of miles away from home, in the mountains. You have to make sure you've chosen the right Guru. Will he be able to teach me? So your mind is agitated. Once a Guru has been chosen, you have confidence in him. You need to surrender to him. That's what he's saying. You need to surrender 100%. I have confidence this teacher will teach me. Only then will the agitation stop. You will then be in a mental state to receive this knowledge. If you're agitated, you can't receive the knowledge. So he's saying you
1: have to surrender to the guru. Now, the first thing it said is, know
0: that by prostration. Now, prostration doesn't mean every time you see the
1: guru, you bow down to him. It means devotion. This discipline of devotion
0: is directed to the mind. So there's three stages. Body, mind, intellect. So devotion direct is the discipline direct to the mind of the student. I have devotion in my teacher that he will teach me. The mind is then calm. You surrender.
1: Any questions? This is the first Qualification a student needs. Devotion to the Guru. There are three types of students. One that wants to show his knowledge. You know, I read the Gita. I know the meaning. Do you know in verse so and so, so and so, it says this? I can tell you what that verse means. So the first one is, wants to show his knowledge to you.
0: The second is student that wants to test the teacher. Let's see what he knows. The third type is a genuine student who wants to learn, he surrenders to the teacher. The first type, two types are not students. Yeah. So therefore, surrender to the teacher. So can you read the next?
1: Surrendering
2: to a guru in devotion does not mean blind following. The second quality, questioning, corrects any possible misconception. The student must question the guru with all devotion. Questioning does not mean challenging the teacher. The student raises a question to clarify any areas of the teachings which he has not understood he requests the teacher to explain further, to elucidate and remove the cloud of ignorance, which prevents the light of knowledge from reaching him. Without periodic questioning, the student's doubts will obstruct the passage of further knowledge from the guru to the student. Hence, the, spiritual, the spirit of inquiry, the art of questioning, is an essential prerequisite in a student. That explains why the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita and other spiritual texts are presented in the form of questions and answers. See, these
0: these, um, philosophical books, Upanishads, Bhagavad Gita, um, Arjuna and Krishna. Arjuna is asking questions, Krishna is explaining. Even in the Upanishads, there's a student who's asking the questions, and the guru is explaining. So he's saying, you need to question the guru, the teacher, with devotion. If you have any doubts,
1: clarify. Don't take whatever he or she says blindly. If you have any doubt, what is a vastna I still don't understand the question. Because if you don't understand it and you continue,
0: then you're stopping the knowledge flowing into you. You get stuck. And as you've noticed, this knowledge is like building blocks. You need to know the basics to be able to understand deeper. So when you question, it removes any ignorance. It clears the path for more knowledge to go through. Otherwise, you get stuck. That's why I ask after every few paragraphs Does anyone have any clarification? Does anyone have any questions? So that if you have any doubts, you can ask. You shouldn't be shy just ask. If I know, I'll answer. If I don't, I'll find out. So the mind surrenders and the intellect questions. Mind, devotion to the Guru, intellect questions the Guru. Everyone there? Yeah, any clarifications? Okay. Paragraph five.
2: Service completes the prescribed qualities of a student. The attitude of service to the teacher creates the right frame of mind in the student. Lack of an eager willingness to do service would mean that the student in his selfishness has no gratitude for the valuable knowledge received. Selfishness and ingratitude Produce mental unrest. Again, any mental unrest prevents the student from gaining optimum knowledge from the teacher. Hence, the spirit of service to the guru becomes an essential quality for a student. The service recommended is wholly for the betterment of the student. The guru neither needs nor desires the service from his disciple. When a student fully qualifies himself with the above three traits, he will automatically attract a qualified guru. Such such a teacher will have experienced the truth in self-realization and also have the ability to communicate his knowledge of self. He will instruct the qualified student. So
1: third
0: requirement from a student, attitude of service to the guru. Now, this qualification helps the student more than the guru. The guru doesn't need any service. He doesn't need anything. But if you have that spirit of service, it creates the right frame of mind within you, the student. It helps the development of the student. That attitude.
1: Nobody may ask you to do anything. But you have to have that attitude. As I said, the student used to go to the mountains, spend four or five years. So these
0: qualities are based on that scenario. Now we're doing classes on Zoom. I've not even met some of you here. (laughs) There's no service necessary, but you need to have the attitude of service. You may serve someone else, someone who needs your help that service, the attitude of service. In the ashram where, we, um, where I studied for three years, everyone is allocated a job. And they tend to that job every day between 11 and one. That is their service, their gratitude to the ashram. And everyone is given a job based on their qualities and their qualifications. So that was a way of serving.
1: So the mind surrenders, the intellect questions, and the body serves. Any questions? This qualifies a student. When your student
0: has these three qualities, a guru will come before him or her. Meaning a teacher who has experienced, received the knowledge, who's able to communicate to the student. Now, in the olden days, The guru may be self-realized. There were many, many self-realized people, souls in those days. This was the main main education that was taught to people how to be a good human being. The goal of self-realization. Not how to be rich, how to be famous. Those weren't the teachings of those days. It was how to be spiritually
1: developed. That was what was taught. That was the main goal. Sat,
0: sat uh, Satyug, satyuk. so in Satyug, everyone was aiming for spiritual development, it was right. So you'd come up, many, many teachers were there, who maybe were self-realized, who had knowledge of the self. It wasn't difficult
1: to find someone like that to teach you. That's the main source of education. Any questions? Body,
0: mind, intellect, service, devotion, questioning—that's what a student needs to qualify to receive this knowledge. Verse thirty-five. Yet niyadva na punar moham evam yas pandava yena putam yase sena drakshyasyat manyatho mai yajnat moham evam yasya sipandava yena bhutan yasese na drakshyasyat manyatho mai knowing which ye shall not again get deluded thus
1: o pandava By which you will see all beings in the self, also in me. So, you found a Guru. You're
0: you're service-orientated. You're questioning.
1: You're devoted to the Guru. The Guru then gives you the knowledge. So what happens then? When you gain the knowledge, what happens?
0: This verse is saying, once you gain the knowledge, O
1: Pandava, Arjuna, you will not get deluded.
0: This verse talks about what happens when you receive this knowledge where the intellect is concerned? Krishna confirms to Arjuna, once you gain this knowledge of the self, you will no longer be deluded. You will no longer be confused in life.
1: So Lord Krishna is talking to all of us. Arjuna represents all of us, all human beings in the world. He's saying we are in delusion. We have no
0: real knowledge of this world. We have no real knowledge of
1: life. What does this mean, being deluded? Anyone? What does it mean? It's when you gain this knowledge, you will no longer be deluded. You will no longer be delusional. Any idea what does it mean? You see more clearly.
4: Um, You're seeing the self within everyone. So hence your path towards happiness is blocks smoother, obviously. Yeah, you're not being say, um, you're not being agitated by the delusion. You know the world is a you know illusion, as such.
1: Okay,
0: so right now you're saying we're all deluded. Well, most of you are now less deluded than when you started learning about the self. But it's saying that men people are deluded. What
1: is the delusion? You're right, Ravi, what you said. Dimash.
0: The delusion is that we don't know about the self. We don't, we don't know look, about the self. We don't look for the self.
1: Okay. We're in
0: delusional world where we're looking for happiness in the wrong place. Okay, yeah. So the, the, the delusion is that once we know where to look for happiness and we gain that happiness, we'll see happiness in everyone. Or we see the self in everyone. We yeah. everyone as equals. So when the delusion is gone, when you can see it clearly,
1: then you see the self in everyone. But before that, you think you know everything, but you don't know nothing. What came first, the seed or the tree? Deepabin, which came first? Do you know? No. Delusion. Hundreds of trees around you. You don't know if the seed came first or the tree? Delusion.
0: We don't know who our father who our father's father's father is. Who was the first father?
1: We don't know. Delusion. We don't know where we came from. Yeah, I came from my mom. Ben. But before that, where did you come from? Where are we going? We don't know. We're confused. What are we doing here? What's our purpose as a human being? What are we supposed to be doing? Before you came across this knowledge, you had no idea. Delusion. This is what
0: Lord Krishna means. We're all walking around on this in this world confused,
1: in delusion. We don't know nothing. We think we know everything, actually we don't know anything. We're all confused. And what do we say? I have a master's degree and I have two other degrees. In what? In delusion. (laughs) And you're still confused. This is what Lord Krishna is saying. We don't know anything. We're in delusion. so We don't know the most important things about life. So this knowledge removes delusion. That's what he's saying. So what's created this delusion? Anyone? What's created this delusion? Can anyone explain?
0: What's created this delusion that we're all, all in? This confusion? Why are we in this state?
2: Attachments to the material world.
0: Attachments to the material world, yeah. Okay. That keeps you in delusion more. But why are you in delusion in the first place?
1: Lack of knowledge.
0: Lack of knowledge of? The self. The reality. Lack of knowledge of the self,
1: the reality, keeps us in delusion Any questions before I continue? Owner Ben, it's okay? Well, I was just thinking the question
5: always remains, how do we always uh, make sure that we don't do that? And I think, I guess, you know, the 12 is is explaining that by practicing that continuously or try to practice it as much as you can, so it's, that's the path. Is there another path or is there another way?
0: Is there another way? There are many ways. It depends on your makeup. You see the first six chapters talks about devotion in the Bhagavad Gita. If you're a devotional person this is what you need to do. The next six chapters talks about a person who is karma yogi, service. If you're a karma yogi this is what you need to do. The last six chapters, 13 to 18, talks about knowledge. If you're an intellectual, jnani, then you need knowledge. So the answer to your question, Arunaben, is what are you? Yeah? If you're a devotional person, then the 12 yajniyas, everything is devoted to Brahman. Everything I do is a yajna to Brahman. But you might say, well, I can't really understand that. You may be an intellectual so you have to wait till chapter 13 to 18 to understand what you need to do as an intellectual yeah so everyone is made up of all three so in proportion you need to adjust for
1: you you with me so i can't hear you your mic's off
5: sorry because i missed a few classes so um, the 12 yajnas, are they mainly to do with bhakti yoga then? Yeah. Devotion. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Who's going to do a uh, uh, havan, a yajna? A devotional person? An intellectual thing? What's this? Why are you wasting this wood? Why are you waste making this fire, this smoke everywhere? What are you trying to do? Intellectual person won't understand what this yajna business is.
5: But it also, at one point, speaks about the five senses and how we can control through the controlling all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, is that also devotion and bhakti? It's talking
0: from the devotional perspective. Okay. Yeah. When you get to the intellectual side, it talks from an intellectual perspective about the five senses. Okay. Yeah. So right now we're on the chapter. We're on the first section of the Gita, which talks about. Chapters one to six
1: is devotion. Arjuna was devoted to Krishna, Lord Krishna. So this is from a devotional perspective. Is that okay? So we're only covering that part at the moment. You had a question, Syl? Can you
2: go in and out of delusion?
1: Can you go in and out of delusion? What do you think, Thomas? Yes and no. Yes, you can because
0: you, you hold yourself for a certain amount and you see the self in everyone and then no, you lose it. But then you, the longer you hold it, the, the, you come to a point where you hold it all your life. It's a transformation. So right now in this class, at the moment, everyone thinks, yes, the self, Brahman. I identify with it. everything makes sense to me. And after lunch, you've forgotten, you're back in delusion. You have clarity at the moment for the hour. Your focus, your thought is all on the self, Brahman. Slowly disappears. Hence, they say, study every morning so that you can keep that focus for the day otherwise it's every sunday for an hour you are in out of delusion temporarily and then you're back in delusion for the next of the week
1: you <laughs> get involved in the world yeah any other clarifications so what the question was what has created this delusion yeah tamish Ultimately,
0: Brahman has created it, because we are created from it.
1: Yeah.
4: So we lost peace from Brahman to find Brahman. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. So the the philosophical term used here is the non-apprehension of Brahman, meaning not understanding Brahman, has created this apprehension of the world, of names and forms.
1: And we are caught up in that. The non-apprehension of Brahman has created the
0: apprehension of the world of names and form and everything you see around
1: you. And we are caught up in that delusion. So the example we use of
0: the rope and the snake, we use the same example all the time so that one day it will click, yeah? So in other words, the non-apprehension of the rope has created the apprehension of the snake.
1: You are caught up in this delusion of seeing a snake where there is a rope. By chapter 18, you'll say, yes, now that makes sense to me.
0: So what will take you out of that delusion? You see a snake instead of the rope. What will take you out of that delusion? Deepabhin, what will take you out of that delusion? You see a snake instead of a rope.
3: Knowledge of the rope.
0: Your husband says, hey, you're saying, snake, look. It's just a rope. Now you have knowledge of the rope. Because he placed it there in the first place. <laughs> the knowledge of the rope takes you out of the delusion of the snake. Correct? Now you see the rope. Huh? What was I scared about? Just the rope. Krishna is saying, with the knowledge of the self, Brahman, you will come
1: out of this delusion and you will then understand the truth, your true nature. Any questions? Yeah. So much, did you have a question? Still has a now, Sorry.
0: You,
2: okay. Sorry. It's not so you're saying the non apprehension of Brahman mm. creates the apprehension of the world.
1: Yeah. Knowledge of the self or knowledge of Brahman mm. helps me to apprehend Brahman mm. or, or, or breaks the
2: apprehension of the world. Yeah.
1: Okay,
0: let's go for the let's rovi, let Rovi enlighten us by reading the next paragraph and then we'll see. A fully
4: qualified student, as described in the preceding verse, attracts a perfect guru and gains the supreme knowledge, a knowledge which dispels his delusion, gives him peace, and exhausts his vastness desires. Verses 35, 36. And 37, expand on these effects of acquiring knowledge of self.
0: Thank you. So when you gain this knowledge, you will then see the self within and in all beings in the world as one. This world is not, this world is Brahman, the self. Everyone is the self. Everyone is Brahman. You identify with that when you gain the knowledge. You will see the entire world as Brahman
1: and not this world of name and form meaning you'll see the rope and not the snake. Once you get the knowledge, which is what you're all learning. So you might have an argument with someone. How dare you say that to me? He abuses you. He he swears at you. You can either get to his level,
0: and you may do so for a second, but afterwards you think, you know what? Brahman is in him. These are his vasanas. Same Brahman in me. The knowledge has taken you away from that. You understand everyone is Brahman. If you don't have the knowledge, then you're going to get into a fight.
1: You walk away and say, Brahman, vasanas. Poor fellow. You'll see the self within all beings in the world as one, as you gain this knowledge. That's what he's saying. it's saying. Okay. So, okay. Ravi, next paragraph, please. This verse gives the results of gaining the supreme knowledge
4: with respect to one's intellect. Krishna declares to the Pandava, Arjuna, that after acquiring the knowledge, he will never again be deluded. This declaration implies that Arjuna presently suffers from delusion. Arjuna represents all the people of this world who live their lives steeped in delusion and total confusion. No one knows whether life existed before birth or will continue after death the origin of the world, or any of the other great mysteries of life. Knowledge of the self clears up all these delusions. Mohan, moha, delusion, means not seeing things as they are. For example, you may not recognize a rope lying on the ground. The non-apprehension of the rope can create a misapprehension in your mind that is it a snake. You really believe you see a snake. This is Moha. Similarly, you do not realize the Supreme Self within. The non-apprehension of the self has created the misapprehension of a pluralistic world of names and forms. This world appearing before you is Moha. You are in delusion. Hence, Krishna declares knowledge of the self will clear your delusion. Never again will you suffer from it. The self within and the all-pervading reality, Brahman, are one and the same. When you realize the self, you realize your all-pervading nature. You then recognize all things as none other than yourself. Krishna uses the first person singular, me, to mean the self. The reality, Brahman. Once having overcome moha, you see the entire world as that external, all-pervading being.
0: Thank you. Knowing which you shall not again get deluded, thus, O Pandava, Arjuna, by which you will see all beings in the self, also in me, meaning the Lord Krishna. You'll see everything as one. This is what this verse is saying. So, To get out of delusion, you need knowledge of the reality. What is this world? This world is Brahman. This world is God. What am I? I am Brahman as well. Who is my enemy? Also Brahman. You understand everything is the one.
1: When you forget that, you get involved. Any questions? So the more knowledge you get, the more you get out of the delusion. You get a little bit of knowledge, little bit you get out of delusion. When you get 100% knowledge and you understand 100% self-realized. I am the
0: self. I'm not this body, mind, intellect, I am the self. Right now you think you're this body, mind and intellect. Yeah a few moments, you get knowledge of the self. You believe, no, I'm not this body, mind, intellect. I'm the self. Class is over. You identify your body, mind, intellect again. 100% knowledge,
1: you understand you're the self. You're no longer identify body, mind, intellect. Whatever happens, happens, I don't care. I'm the self. Deepa, makes sense? Who are you? Remember that throughout the day now, yeah? So, yeah.
2: This, this sentence that says uh, the non-apprehension of the rope it can create a misapprehension in your mind. Yeah? Um, that is a snake. So, I don't know if I'm assuming correctly, but but is this non-apprehension only in the mind? So if if I get rid of the mind, mm-hmm. then I don't have the misapprehension.
1: No, it's saying that the, the, you see, when you
0: see, yeah, you're scared of a snake. Mm-hmm. You see a snake, the mind reacts automatically, oh, it's a snake, it's a snake. Yeah. Once he gets the knowledge that it's not a snake, it's a rope. The intellect understands it's a rope. Yeah, so then when the intellect understands, the mind is no longer scared. But the mind reacts, saying, Oh, it's a snake. That's why it's saying the mind. Oh, so no. So I
2: understand that aspect of the mind being scared. Yeah. And the knowledge is when my intellect understands mm-hmm. one from the other. But I'm thinking about knowledge of the self Mm -hmm. in the world as a whole Mm -hmm. okay because if we're thinking of a piece of rope yeah it's one Mm -hmm. aspect isn't it but this world is so vast with so many things names and forms like you said it's a constant battle okay so
0: okay let's go over the next verse hopefully that'll make it a bit clearer
1: yeah
0: any other questions before we continue Okay, first twenty six. A piche sipa Did you do the last verse? So vebia per Sarvam maha. Sovam nyana plave neva. Virginum santa Even if you are the most sinful of all sinners, you shall verily cross over all sin by the raft of knowledge. Even if you are the most sinful of all sinners, you shall verily cross over all sin by the raft of
1: knowledge. Olumun, could you read paragraph one, please? The preceding verse
5: gave out the effects of knowledge with respect to one's intellect. How knowledge clears up your delusion, allowing you to recognize the all-pervading self. This verse speaks of the effect of knowledge with respect to one's mind. The mind of a sinner is always agitated. However, even the worst of sinners, one with a highly agitated mind, can reach the harbor of peace by the raft of knowledge.
0: So he's saying, in respect to your mind, this knowledge will remove all agitations of the mind. The mind is agitated. You see a snake, your mind is agitated. The knowledge of the the rope removes those agitations. Intellect understands it's not a snake, it's a rope. Why am I scared of a rope? Yeah. So therefore, the mind is concerned, intellect's concerned. Intellect needs knowledge, the mind reacts agitated. It's a snake, it's a snake. So this verse is saying that, which is this verse is saying something different than what your question was, but this is the mind that gets agitated. Intellect needs knowledge to understand the truth. Yeah. As I said, someone aggravates you. The mind reacts. Why? De- how did de- he say that to me? Yeah. But when you have, when you have, when you refer back to the knowledge, you just come out of the class. You read the verse on everything's the self. You will apply that knowledge if the intellect's available to you. This person is also Brahman, but he has bad vastness. He has agitated vastness, aggressive vastness. But he is Brahman. Then you're pacified. You walk away. You with me? So, so what this verse is saying is even the most sinful person, when he gains the knowledge, he will cross over all
1: sin. Now, in order to understand this verse, you need to understand what sinful means. What does sinful mean in philosophy? Any idea? Anything that agitates your anything mind, anything that agitates thinking. you. Thank you, Ruby. Mental agitations. When you perform an action, any action, if you, if the result of the action is you get agitated, then you're committing sin. If you perform an action, and by performing that action. You get
0: mentally agitated. You are performing. You are committing a sin.
1: Emma, you wake up in the morning. You think, you know what? I don't want to go to work today. I'm going to phone in sick. Nothing wrong with you. You just feel like I want to phone in sick. You bring your manager. You
0: lie to your manager. I'm not feeling well. I've got a stomachache. Maybe I got COVID, I don't know. When you put the phone down, if you are mentally disturbed, why did I lie?
1: Why am I agitated? If you're agitated afterwards, you've committed a sin. Ravi might ring and think, yeah, I got away with it.
0: No agitations and a party today now. He is not committing a sin.
1: Emma, it's a sin for you. It goes against your brain. So that's a sinful action. A terrorist can kill 100 people and feel no agitations. He doesn't commit sin. Kill 100 people not commit sin. Now, you've got to remember one thing. Cause and effect is a different law.
0: You will have to pay for whatever he's done negative. That's different. But he does not commit sin because he has no agitations.
1: I only killed a hundred, I thought there were two hundred here, doesn't commit sin, due to Putin's actions thousands are being killed, does he look agitated, send some more, doesn't commit sin, cause and effect different law, a lion goes around killing defenceless animals. He doesn't go
0: home afterwards and say, why am I killing all these innocent deers,
1: these antelopes? It's terrible what I'm doing. No reaction, no sin. So sin is not in the action, but in the reaction.
0: So does everyone understand what sinful means now? Mental agitations, yeah? Yeah.
1: You need to understand that before you can understand this first. Oonaben, second paragraph, please.
5: A dreamer experiences the dream world. He lives out all its trials and tribulations, worries and anxieties, stress and strain. Every dreamer suffers from these mental agitations. It is merely a question of less or more. But all dreamers, even the most agitated of them, find peace as soon as they wake up from the dream. The knowledge of the waker instantly frees them from all agitations of the dream world. Similarly, knowledge of the self will liberate even the most sinful of sinners from all his mental suffering in the world.
0: They're saying a dreamer is
1: agitated in the dream world. Tonight you go to sleep. You have a dream. There's a there's a knife, there's a man out with a knife killing people. You're walking and you see a man, a strange man behind you. It's dark. You start walking faster. You start walking faster. The man starts walking faster behind you. You start running. You're
0: scared just as you can't run anymore, and you think he's just about to stab you, it's
1: only a few yards away from you, and you think he's about to stop, stab you, the alarm goes off. You wake up. What happens? What happens when the alarm goes off? What happens when you wake up? Where's the knife man? When you wake up, the knowledge of the
0: waking world frees you from the agitations of that man chasing you in the dream world. You're affected, agitated in the dream while this man was chasing you. But when you wake up, the knowledge of the waking world
1: frees you from that. Hey, what's happening? Why am I sweating so much? No longer scared. Yeah, Sissy. Going back to what you
3: just said in the first paragraph, that if you commit an action or and if you incur a agitation, then you incur a sin.
1: If um, say you had not necessarily an action, maybe
3: but maybe a conversation or something like that which then causes you agitation afterwards. If you then, you think on it, you ponder on it, and you think, oh, you know, that didn't go too well, or maybe I said something, or maybe the way I said something, or it was misunderstood or misinterpreted. And um, so then you have another conversation and you put that right. Have you then omitted the sin that, because of the agitation in the first place, you've now omitted it because you've clarified.
1: So, there's a slight misunderstanding, Sushi. When you
0: commit sin, you become agitated. So the first half of the what your question was, there's a misunderstanding and you were agitated. Yes, so you already had the effects of that. You're agitated. Therefore, you've now decided to go back and clarify. When you clarified, agitation is gone. Sin means agitations. What you said in the first place was not right because you were agitated. You'd only be agitated if you said something wrong.
3: Um, What if maybe it's that you felt like what you said may have agitated the other person?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: and then you realize after the conversation and then you think actually you know I think maybe it came across wrong or maybe I said it incorrectly or yeah. what have you and then you try to clarify so then
0: you've rectified the situation yeah that's it you've rectified the situation you're not agitated anymore the person's not agitated anymore you yeah. want finish okay yeah it's gone you're both happy now okay but at that moment in time there's agitations what happens when you're agitated who suffers you do you do you commit a sin you suffer
1: sorry
3: And um, so with the second paragraph as a dreamer you're having a bad dream so you're definitely agitated you're having a nightmare you're not actually having a dream
5: so do you incur a sin in the dream world
0: Yes, because you're agitated in the dream.
5: The
1: dreamer, the dreamer,
0: the dreamer is committing a sin because the dreamer is agitated. Yeah, the dreamer is committing sin because they're agitated. So what happens when they wake up, the agitation has gone. It was in the dream world, agitations. When you wake up, the alarm goes off. Hey, what time is it? I need to go to work. Where's all agitations? They're all gone.
3: You still incur the sin for that agitation because that in the dream world, it's very much out of your control, isn't it?
0: It is. But it's, you've got to remember one thing. It's not you that's being agitated. It's the dreamer who's being agitated. Yeah? Right now you're the waker. Anything that happened in the dream doesn't agitate you now, does it? Yeah, Last night's dream, nightmare, whatever you call it, doesn't affect you now. What affects you
1: now is what happens now in the waking world. But tonight when you go to sleep, and whatever happens in the dream, the dreamer is affected.
0: So when the alarm goes off, you become the waker. Whatever happened in the dream to the dreamer has disappeared.
1: No agitations. So right now you're the waker. You're the self,
0: yeah, playing the waker. Tonight, you'll be the self
1: playing the dreamer. When you're in deep sleep, you're the self being the dreamer. Being nothing, sorry, being nothing. in the dream
3: world, when you're agitated, you incur a sin as a dreamer, you're not able to put that right, are you?
0: You don't have to put it right. Because you're agitated. The sin means agitations. You're thinking sin is something bad I've done, which is going to stay with me. No. That's the misinterpretation that you're having, Sashi. Sin means agitation, nothing I else. I do
3: understand what you're saying about the agitation.
0: Hmm.
3: Not that you're, not the way you're saying it. I do understand the way you are, the way mm-hmm. I'm supposed to understand it. But I'm just kind of thinking that in a dream world.
0: So there's nothing to rectify. You did an action that created agitations. Forget the word sin. You created an action that created agitations. When you rectify that action, or you gain knowledge, the agitation is disappeared. That's it. That's all you have to understand.
1: Yeah. There's nothing about rectifying the sin. The agitations, when they cease,
0: it's disappeared. And you can do that either by going back and saying, I'm sorry, if you upset someone, or you can gain knowledge and think, you know,
1: I had no control over that situation. Why am I being agitated? Ravi?
4: I was actually just going to say the word sin in the way we've been conditioned is what's giving us slight confusion in, in relation to this. But as you said, if we say anything that agitates us, the extreme is thinking it's a sin, allows you to overcome it. And I think the day to day um, method for this is anything anything that stresses you out on a day to day basis that agitates you. If you look at it and say why arguments say, say you're not doing too well in your job, it allows you to evaluate what you're doing, get the knowledge to overcome that and hence remove that agitation. The sin part is because you're not dealing with the issue. You're actually agitating yourself and thinking,
0: overthinking about it as well. So,
1: knowledge rectifies.
0: Correct. Yeah. Knowledge rectifies the agitations. The intellect rectifies the agitation. It's the mind that's agitated. What controls the mind is the intellect. The knowledge then rectifies. What agitates you is that you think it's a snake. When you get the knowledge of the rope, the intellect says, hey, to the mind, it's not a snake, what are you you getting scared about? It's only a rope. The intellect tells the mind, don't worry, it's only a rope.
1: The knowledge rectifies the situation. Is that okay, Shashi? Yeah. So as I said, when you wake up,
0: the knowledge of the waking world frees you from the agitations of the dream world. Similarly, what this verse is saying is that The knowledge of Brahman, the knowledge of self, frees you from the agitations of this waking world. Knowledge of the self acts as a boat that takes people from the shore of agitations to the shore of happiness, to the shore of bliss. No matter how sinful you are, you could be a murderer, a terrorist, the power of this knowledge is such It will free you from all mental suffering in the world.
1: Anything and everything. You will understand the true nature of the world. When you understand the
0: true nature of the world, no more agitations. No agitations, you're happy,
1: you're peaceful. It frees you from mental suffering. See, when you're unhappy, it just means you're agitated. When you're agitated, you're unhappy. When you are not agitated, you're happy. Simple. Keep it as simple as that. When you're agitated,
0: you're unhappy. When you're not agitated, you're happy. This knowledge keeps you in that
1: happiness, in peace.
0: Whatever happens into you, what happens in the world,
1: it frees you from that agitation. from that mental suffering.
5: Knowledge of the self acts as a boat ferrying people from the shore of this agitated world to the shore of absolute bliss. The Shastras, scriptures, often use this metaphor of the boat. A boat not only takes you to your destination, but protects and comforts you along your passage over the sea. You enjoy your voyage even on a turbulent sea. Similarly, knowledge of the self makes your life in the world pleasant and enjoyable, and at the same time, carries you to the abode of supreme peace and bliss.
0: Thank you, there you have it. That's why everybody needs to learn this. It's the only way you can actually um, live in this world and be happy and peaceful. Otherwise, you get involved in that delusion. He said, she said, they did this, I did that. All that is in the
1: delusion. Any questions? It's hard to grasp. But as you gain the knowledge, it automatically
0: takes you out of that delusion, bit by bit. The more you understand, the more you, it becomes wisdom. It acts like a tool in dealing with any issues you have in the world, any issues you have in life.
1: You can apply this knowledge to anything, any situation, and their mental agitations are gone. So even the most sinful is free from the agitations. We've covered quite a bit. Any questions? Good question, Shashi, Arunabeh.
5: Just to be clear, so then it, it seems to me like every action has two aspects to it, basically. Mm-hmm. One is the aspect you know, um, of um, Gosh, I forgot what I was going to say. I had it there when Sisha was was talking. (laughs) I I can't think, now. Happens,
1: It happens. It was really
5: there. And I I just thought it seemed like it's quite clear that, yeah, yeah. So so the the, the one aspect is about cause and effect, because we say Mm -hmm. every action, whether, you know, if you have the self-knowledge of the self and you see Brahman in everyone, it doesn't take away the fact that, you know, we are responsible for our actions. Mm and in fact, We will, there is a cause and effect to it. So then that comes apart, you know, maybe apologizing or rectifying something. But, and and that will help you, you know, through your, you know, reducing that kind of cause or the effect of that. Am I right? Is that kind of how you should look at it? That there are two aspects to it. And you can't just say, okay, because I don't have agitations, I haven't, in a sense, caused a sin.
0: Yeah. So that's exactly what we said. If yeah. you commit an action and it creates agitations, you've committed a sin, yeah because you're agitated. If it doesn't, but cause, even if it's a negative action, you've done. but cause and effect still. if you, if you, if you hurt something, you know you, you see an ant and you start stepping on as many ants as you possible. you don't feel no sin.
1: yeah that doesn't mean that you haven't killed an ant. Mm. Yeah. You still have to deal with the effects of that as far as
0: um, cause and effect is concerned, you will have to deal with the consequences of that action, yeah. even though you don't feel any sin. You with me? I don't know, man. So there's yeah. two different aspects to it.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Whatever yeah. cause you have put in, in your life, you have to deal with the, act- uh, the effects of it, the consequences of it.
5: Mm. Whether you feel agitation or not, really.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yes.
0: Mm. Yeah? But the more, um, service you do, the more helpful you become, you change your ways. Yeah. The effects of those causes, negative causes, may not have the same effect because you're changing your personality, you're changing yourself, you're neutralizing some of those things. You know, something bad happens to you, say, I must have done something really bad for this has happened to me now. You know, how can I rectify it? I'll go and do some seva, that will help me. You might use that analogy, but you still have to deal with it. Yeah? Things will happen to you based on. See, somebody, you can't, sometimes something happens, so you can't
1: explain why did this happen to me? Why not that person? Because it's your cause. This is your effect. Everyone has that pile of. Actions that they've committed in
0: the past that they have to deal with. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can do is put in good action today and today onwards so that the effects you will benefit in the future of those good actions. That's now that you understand. That's all you can do.
1: You understand? Now you understand, you only put in good actions. So only say nice things to Vijay Pai the
0: nice things will be said to you. Right cause, right
1: effect. Yeah. Okay, any other questions? Yeah, Sashi. It's not a question as such, but I'm just wondering
3: if anyone feels um, or whether it's crossed anyone's mind the, first two sentences of that last paragraph with like end of life so the sentences i'm saying is knowledge of the self-access boat ferrying people from the shores of this agitated world to the shores of absolute bliss i kind of have some recollection that when people die and we're burying them there is something about a journey that you make after you die and those that sentence kind of rang through mm-hmm. that that we're being delivered from the world where we're where obviously it's generally full of agitations to the shores of absolute bliss so yeah I don't know, it just kind of with me i don't know if that resonated with anyone else
0: absolutely anybody else want to comment on that you see I understand what you're saying, Shashi. And most people will say, you know what? You know what they say? You know, he's agitated all his life. He's at a bad time in his life. Now he's gone. At least he or she will be happy. We have that understanding. We have that saying. Yeah? And it's something normal to say. He's now in peace.
1: And that, if, that, if that satisfies people mind, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I mean, we, it, yeah, it does I mean, make you,
4: I mean, you're, you're actually right, but it's when you say the person's at peace, as I said, it's either saying that person was suffering or something, or the person was near self-realization that really fulfilled everything they wanted to within mm-hmm. this world anyway. So hence they're moving on to peace. So yeah you're absolutely right it does resonate um but it resonates different for different people one to sort of us also yes they were suffering they're now at peace or one they fulfilled everything and they were happy to go as well so you look at it at both of them yep. yeah I think, I, mean, so,
1: I think
3: what i was trying to say is that um not so much so that they were suffering but more so like the journey from life to death
1: mm-hmm.
0: but this is the thing that is fine to satisfy someone in the waking world who, for example, you go to the funeral, etc. But two, th- two aspects. One, this is saying you can have that here now. You can feel bliss and happiness now. This knowledge is like a boat that takes you from your misery, whatever misery you're suffering from now, to happiness and bliss. Yeah? And you can apply that to death as well. Yeah? If they did the right karma, next life, will be more happier, more blissful. So there's two ways you can apply that. But it's definitely a positive thing. It's definitely a positive thing. So if you want peace and happiness, bliss, the same knowledge of the self will take you there, which is what you're learning.
1: The more you get, the more peace and happiness you'll gain. Simple as that. We better stop now. Thank you for joining us. I hope you all
0: uh, enjoyed the class. And we will continue next week. We've got a few more verses before we finish this chapter.
1: Have a lovely day. And uh, remember, you're the self, not this body, mind, intellect.